Good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm glad everybody's here at the drive-in uh, worship service and also really glad for everybody listening on the, on the podcast. I have a couple of announcements for us. Uh, first of all, I should probably remind everybody what today is. Today's February 7th, 2021. It's uh, Super Bowl, S-O-U-P-E-R, Sunday. We're where we bring uh, soups, uh, cans of soup, and we drop them at the stations where you came in uh, this morning to the drive-in worship service. You can't even count how many times I've brought stuff to church, meant to, mean, meaning to leave it at church, and I go home with it. So, <laughs> reminder, if you have a can of soup in your car, please deposit it at one of the stations. Um, also, it's February. It's uh, Love and Lent month. Uh, we celebrate love next week. So this is a reminder to all those uh, men. Uh, next week's Valentine's Day. So uh, make something happen. You know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, drum roll, maybe. I don't know. And then we got um, Lent, where we start to prepare our, our heart and our lives uh, for the crucifixion death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Christ and that starts on February 17th with Ash Wednesday we will be having Ash Wednesday service at 6 p.m. Uh, right here and it's going to be a, a short brief service but I think it's it's going to be I'm actually personally excited to experience Lent in these um, outdoor times is everybody smiling Yep, people with the masks, perfect. Uh, and I, I also want to just remind everybody, we're practicing the rule of love. And just make sure you think about the person that's most in danger of being taken, you know, uh, for a negative ride by this COVID-19 when you make all your decisions especially when we're in this space and around one another and i just want to say good job everybody i i think we've been pretty drama free and um very loving to one another so I'm glad everybody's here and robbie I'm glad you're here buddy a little shout out to the the student right there uh we have and this is the month we're going to be because it's a, still our 60th anniversary year but this year, this this month we're going to be here. Last month we heard from our choir and worship music department. This this month we'll be hearing from our student ministries department. And this morning we're going to hear from Erica Farless. All right. Well, hello. I have the pleasure of sharing about the past times and some history of our youth program here at PCC. Now my in-laws, mainly my mother and sister-in-laws, were very much a part of our youth program. So over the next couple of weeks, I hope to relay some of the stories, people, and experiences that have shaped the culture of our youth over the last decades. Now, shaping a youth program is not always an easy feat. It takes a special type of leadership who knows how to pour into the hearts of teenage souls, connecting them to Jesus through a bond of fellowship, 
laser tag, pizza parties, and of course, the rite of passage trip to Forest Home. When I asked my sister-in-law, Kim, to share some of her stories, the themes that seemed to emerge, not surprisingly, from the PCC vault included many team-building experiences. There were obstacle course nights, minute-to-win-it games, holiday parties, winter formals, ping-pong parties and competitions, and an entire summer-long event with a survivor theme that broke up the teams into tribes and competed to complete tasks. The youth even participated in bicycle trips down the coast from here in Orange County all the way to San Diego. There have been video game competitions and pizza party events aimed at serving and reaching out to the youth within our community at large. And for those who can brave it out, the infamous haunted hallways. Now, all of these bonding experiences have led to real life applications of how Christ is very present within a community. It was also shared with me that over the course of the many years, lots of time was spent dedicated to singing and worship. There were always people playing the guitar or a drum and the songs were great. Finally, I would be remiss if I didn't share that the friendships that were made in the youth group were bonds that have lasted many, many years. I can testify to the fact that not only have there been friends that have stayed connected into adulthood, but I do believe a few marriages have emerged as well. This month, I look forward to sharing a few stories of those people who have had significant roles in our youth program, along with stories from Forest Home and testimonies of how our teens have been led faithfully to knowing and developing a relationship with Christ. That's awesome. That's kind of fun right there. I also forgot to mention, that the, for those at home, this is a communion service, so make sure you have your elements ready. And for those of us in the drive-in, make sure you have your communion pods that are found in, in the stations. Um, now let's, let's slow our hearts. And listen to the psalmist as he calls us to worship God this morning. Sing out songs of thanksgiving to the Lord. Let's sing our praises with melodies overflowing. He fills the skies with clouds, sending showers to water the earth so that the grass springs up on the mountain fields and the earth produces food for man. All the birds and beasts who cry with hunger to him are fed from his hands. His people don't find security in strong horses. For horsepower is nothing to him. Manpower is even less impressive. The Lord shows favor to those who fear him. To his godly lovers who wait for his tender embrace. Let us stand if we are able and worship singing, Come, Christians, join to sing.
Good morning. Hey, kids, youth, kids, <laughs> you may go to your program. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. Together, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Do not cast us away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore us to the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Amen. Hear and believe the good news. There is no chasm that cannot be bridged, no loss that cannot be removed, no mistake that cannot be forgiven, no life that cannot be redeemed by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Our confidence in God is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Know that we are forgiven. your hands galaxy spin in a heavenly dance oh god all that you are so overwhelming i hear the sound of your voice all at once it's a channeling thundering noise oh god all that you are so overwhelming I delight myself in you captivated by your beauty I'm overwhelmed I'm overwhelmed by you God I run into your arms power of your cross forgiven and free forever you'll be my God all that you are so overwhelming I delight myself in you in the glory of your presence I'm overwhelmed I'm overwhelmed by Shame because 
beautiful, oh God. There is no one more beautiful. You are beautiful. God, you are the most beautiful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. Oh God, there is no one more wonderful. You are wonderful. God, you are the most wonderful. I see a name. 
song makes a lot more sense out here and during this time. Hosanna means save. Save now. Save us. Interesting. Um, we're still conti- we're continuing in our series Getting to Know Jesus. And if anybody's familiar with the book by J.I. Packer, that's the term. It's a, the book was Knowing God. And in that sense of the word know is what we're talking about. Uh, J.R. Packer, he, he wrote this book in the 70s, I don't know, 80s, I don't remember when it was, but he said, you know, like we, we the church, have gotten to know, we have, our, we have our ducks in a row, we know the right answers, but we don't know Jesus like a friend, like as someone we talk to on a regular basis, like somebody we allow into our lives, like somebody we set dates and times with to spend time with, you know, um, and that's the getting to know Jesus that I'm talking about. And that's the getting to know Jesus that we've been talking about. And we're specifically looking at the gospel according to Mark. And like I've said before, it's the shortest of the gospels. It has the least amount of, you know, tangents. It's the least like my, myself and my sermons. Uh, Lloyd tends to bring out the fact that was a good sermon, but you went on uh, six tangents that week uh, you know like he, there's I'm a tangential kind of guy but anyway that's another story back to Mark and 
it's trimmed down and it's fast. And most people think that Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, is probably the informant that's behind Mark. And he's getting pen to paper and he's trying to capture the Savior of the world and how he intersects with you and I's life. And so we're studying today um, the passage where he appoints his disciples and apostles. Um, And it's Mark chapter 3. And I'm starting in verse 13, and then I'm going through 19. So here we go. He went up on the mountain. He went up the mountain and called to him those whom he wanted. And they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him and to be sent out to proclaim the message and to have authority to cast out demons. So he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, to whom he, oh, uh, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bonerge, that is, sons of thunder, and Andrew, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we make our way toward the table and then on to a congregational meeting, our annual meeting, I want to look at this text briefly and point out some things. First, Jesus calls 12 to himself. I had a seminary professor, his name was Lex Woodbury, and he would often take common phrases and accredit them to famous people. What I mean is, at the end of a class, he would say, like John Calvin used to say, that's enough for today. And he would say, you know, as, as Martin Luther says, um, it's really cold out. You know, like he would do, do that kind of thing. And I've, turned, I've come to, I like the Marshall laughs. I guess nobody else thinks I'm very funny this morning. I don't care. Uh, um, what was I saying? Oh, I've, I've tend to do this now. Uh, I take on the, the trait of Lex Woodbury. And so I say, uh, as, you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix used to say, uh, time to eat all your food and go to bed. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. I thought of that as I was reading this. And I thought Lex Woodbury would probably say, I don't know who he would say, famous, said it, but 12 people is not a lot of people. Right? I th- what do we learn about Jesus there? We learn that he's intentional. We learn that he's He's focused. We learn that he has a firm understanding things don't have to be huge in order them to have a big impact. 
I'll get to more when we apply that, but what else do we learn? And then he appoints the, the 12. 12 isn't a large number. And then the, the scene changes. Uh, he's just been at the Sea of Galilee, and now he goes up to the hills. What does that say? A lot of the commentaries, uh, commentators point out the fact, you know who goes out of the city and up into the hills are revolutionaries. Are people wanting to make a change to things. And he Wright says, So when Jesus called 12 of his followers apart from the crowds and gave them special status, and as a, spe- and a special commission, nobody who heard of it could miss what he was doing. He was saying more clearly than any words could have done, this isn't simply a great healing mission. This isn't even a simply a time of spiritual renewal. This is the restoration we've all been waiting for. It's happening at every level, spiritual, physical, social, inevitably, politically. What's N.T. Wright here is, he says, as he, as he reads this text. How many of you know, how many counties are in California? I don't know, right? Somebody said three. <laughs> I think that's low. I think that's, I think that's low. I think we got Orange County, that's for sure. Anyway, we won't go that long into it, but not a single person alive at the time that Jesus walked the earth didn't know how many, twi- how many tribes of Israel there were. How many? Twelve. How were those twelve picked by God the Father? Through Jacob. Notice who Jesus is picking. And notice that he's picking the twelve intentionally. Stating on a macro level that the kingdom of God is arriving with him. And on an individual level, you and I are called to his feet once again at this text. Once again, we need to hear in this word our Savior wants a relationship with not the person to the right, not the person to the left, but you. Not only to the right and the left. <laughs> anyway, I don't know the math on that, but do you hear? Jesus wants to know you and be known by you. And then he calls them to something. He not only calls them out of stuff, but he calls them to things. What are the things he calls them to? First, be with Jesus. Be with Jesus. 
come to you. Come to him. All who are weary, all who are heavy laden. Be with him. I remember um, I was an intern at St. Andrews and I was working uh, with in the youth department. And I remember a guy named Barry Martinez. He was here a couple weeks ago. You remember that guy? Big guy. He would eat anything if you deep fried it. That guy. I remember him approaching me and saying, what do you think of being on staff with me and being one of my men's deans? And first and foremost, I felt loved. I felt picked out. I felt like the reverse of all those times that I was playing kickball. If you don't know this about me, I'm not very athletic. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, my wife, when she sees me do anything athletic, she says, no, that's not how that's supposed to look. <laughs> but I felt the opposite of that. I remember feeling, but I also felt humbled. Because I knew at the time that I, right before, he was at St. Andrews, then he moved up to Forest Home. And when he was working at St. Andrews, he had as many volunteers as he did at students in his program. Everybody wanted to be poured into that by that guy. Everybody wanted to be around that guy. Because when, when things were, when he was going in a direction, people were following and things were happening. And so he moves up to Forest Home and then he comes back and he says, Jason, I want you on my team. I remember feeling elated. I don't, I don't think we let it sink in enough that Jesus picks you and I. I don't think we bask in that truth enough. I don't think we realize. I remember I was at this junior high retreat up in Hume Lake, uh, and the, the speaker said, what if Jesus texted you right now? And all the junior hires, their minds blew. Like, it was like, boom! <laughs> but what's in, this, what's, in this, uh, what's in this book over and over? Jesus, he puts you at the top of his itinerary. He's longing to be with each and every one of us. And then, he says, go and tell the gospel. Go tell the good news that if you make me the Lord of your life, you enter into the kingdom of God at that moment and it never ends for all of eternity. The good news is we listen to a king that created the world before we messed it up. And he's going to restore it back to how he created it and plus some. And that's great news. That's not good news. I think that's, that's great news. That's phenomenal news. When he says, first, spend some time with me and then share. Share in this joy. Let your face know. Let everything about you know that you know the truth, that God loves you so much he sent his one and only son to die for you and walk with you through every valley. 
Lord, I just lift up wherever that ambulance or fire truck is going, and I pray that you'd be with them. And all God's people said, and then he says this. Hold on, it's going to get louder before it gets quieter, I think. I wonder if people on the podcast, can you hear that? You can probably hear that. The dogs hear it. And then he says, last but not least, you cast out demons. What does this teach us? This teaches us this world we see, all this stuff, the sirens, everything we're hearing, all the stuff that we see in contact, it's not as important as the spiritual, what we don't see. So much of our days are made making lists about stuff that doesn't really matter to impress people that we don't really care about, right? Steve likes that. I think that's true. There's, and Jesus, like Paul, like everybody that follows Jesus, reminds us everyone here within the sound of my voice and listening on the podcast. The unseen battle is the one we're at. If you don't realize that we're in a spiritual battle, you're going to get worked. You're going to get beat up. If you don't know you're in a fight, you're going to lose that fight. Have you ever seen that happen? Anyway, I won't tell a story because we want to keep this brief. But I will quote this. This is a commentator named Garland. He says, the church has the task of standing up and confronting evil in the arena of life. I think it's true. I think it, we have as part of our task to fight evil. I, spent, I, th- I honestly think we spend so much time fighting ourselves, we forget about fighting the evil. We forget who the real enemy is. It's the, it's the dark spiritual forces in this present darkness. It's the demons. There's so the, the 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 list is endless because we're we're broken vessels, right? Thomas Aquinas, he was with the Pope one time, and the Pope said, "See, Thomas, the Church can no longer say silver and gold have I none." Aquinas responded, "Truly, Holy Father, but neither can we say, arise and walk." And the Pope and Thomas Aquinas are referring to Peter's healing at the gate where Peter says, I don't got any silver and gold, but he points at the gate and says, but what I do have, I'll give you. And he makes a, a lame man walk. Pope is pointing at what the church had at that time. And they, they don't need silver or gold. The church is, it still remains really, really wealthy. But that's a way that the, 
the devil takes our eyes off the ball. And you, you realize when Hitler took his, took his power, Germany was predominantly Christian. 90% claimed to be Christians in Germany at that time. 60% would describe themselves as very or somewhat religious. When we take our eye off the ball, when we take our eyes off of the fact that we're in a spiritual war and we start bickering with one another and we start listening to whatever voices are the loudest, we get in some serious trouble. And I'm telling you, clean out your ears, folks. Open your eyes. Remember who the real enemy is. And it's not the person to your right and not the person to your left. It's the evil one trying to divide us, trying to fight amongst ourselves and slip huge evils past us. What's some applications? What can we, what, what, what can we apply out of this stuff? I think first we apply that Jesus is the Lord of the seen and the unseen. Ask my son how many times I said, I say, like one of these scary movies or one of these dark movies would be over if somebody would just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, be gone. He, he would probably say, probably a hundred times, I don't know, a million times. He would probably say, Stop saying that, Dad, because it gets repetitive. But I still think it's one of those truths that we need to keep repeating. Right? We need to get it outside of ourselves, that the truth is in us, that we have a power that overcame the grave flowing through our veins. I, I, I name this, this sermon the Equipper because that's where the power is. In the same way that I usually talk about when, he, when Jesus says the Great Commission, you could title that passage the Great Commissioner. You've been handed all the keys to the kingdom. You've handed powers over everything unseen and seen. Therefore, go out and make disciples. Right here, he's talking to his 12 and he's, he's linking. You know, he's off in the hills and he's, he's eye to eye with these 12 best friends and he's saying, you know what you need to be about? First, you need to be all about gathering around at my feet and learning from me. And then sharing everything that I've taught you and everything that I've said and everything that I've done. And then you speak out against evils. You don't remain silent. You don't remain quiet. You don't let evils just slip past. You as a church, us as a people, we see evil flying past. We go together and we say, this will not stand. And we stand in front of it and we fight against it. We also apply it by receiving that invitation to be a part of something that's bigger. Bigger. 
to getting our eyes off of what's going right here and getting our eyes onto the king and the bigger macro picture. And last but not least, that first point that I brought up. We apply it by looking at our calendars, looking at what we're doing with our lives, taking inventory, and honestly try and cut out like every third thing. Here's the Son of God intentionally looking 12 people in the eye and saying it starts like this. It doesn't start with us taking on the whole world. It doesn't start with us. Trying to be bigger and better. It starts with us being more intentional. I used to work with somebody. Um, and he would always say, I want every worship service just to do one thing a little better. And you could apply that to your life. I want Jesus to be more in my life in one more little way. Maybe I'm going to talk to him every single time I do a dish. Maybe I'm going to talk to him every single time I'm about to tuck my kids into bed. Maybe I'm going to listen to him on my drive to work and I'm going to turn off the radio and be quiet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I thank you for being the great equipper and sending the great equipper, Jesus the Christ. I pray that you would teach us all to be intentional. I pray that you would teach us all to sit at your feet and listen and learn more regularly. I pray that you would help us to share what you teach us and how much you love us. And help us stand as one against the evils of this world. And all God's people said, Amen. As we continue in worship, I'd like to let everybody know over the last two weeks, uh, tithes and offerings were $13,386.50. I think I mentioned that I liked the 50 cents the last time, and somebody's starting to put 50 cents. That's kind of fun. I think that's cool. But once again, praise God, he continues. He continues to use you, you and I in his huge plan of this revolution of love. And as we prepare our hearts and fall more in love with him and his word, our prayer is that he continues to use us through our tithes and our offerings and through our lives. If you're at home, you send your tithes and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here on your way out, would you please leave your tithes and offerings? This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
the choir anthem you're about to hear <coughs> was written by Natalie Split, and uh, the words of this uh, anthem were an adaptation from Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It is mainly about the Great Commission that Jesus gave to his disciples and to us all. The main line of this uh, anthem says, <coughs> go into the world and take the gospel to all the people and I will be with you.
One by one, Jesus called his disciples and sent them out to proclaim his message. Today, we too are called to go out and proclaim the message. The Great Commission calls us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. He concluded with, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. When we come to the table as we do today, we are met by the risen Lord who has called us, the one who has promised to be with us always. So we come to this table with joy and thanksgiving to remember. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites those who trust him to share the feast that he has prepared. Come to the table. Pray with me. Praise to you, O God, for all your works. You created the world and called it good and made us in your image to live together in love. You made a covenant with us, and even when we turned from you, you remained faithful. Thank you, O God, for sending us your Son. He lived among us and told your story. He healed the sick and welcomed sinners. He shared our pain and died our death, then rose to a new life that we might live and all creation be restored. Remembering your boundless love revealed to us in Jesus Christ, we break bread and share the cup, giving ourselves to you to live for him in joy and praise. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these, your gifts of bread and wine, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ, and that we may be his body for the world. By your Spirit, unite us with Christ and one another until we feast with him and with all your saints in your eternal realm of justice and peace. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord gathered with his 12 followers. And after giving thanks, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. And so today we do eat the bread in remembrance. So if you would take the little wafer from your pod or whatever you may have with you, the body of Christ broken for you. Take, eat. 
in the same way he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant shed for you in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, drink in remembrance of me. Remembering your boundless love revealed in Jesus Christ, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we do so in remembrance. Take your cup, the blood of Christ, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Pray with me. Gracious God, we give you thanks that by the witness of your word and the sharing of this meal, you have opened our hearts and eyes to the presence of Christ among us. Now send us forth from this place by the power of your spirit, to tell the good news to the world. Amen. Huh. I use it as a prayer right after, right? Well, that was brief, but amazing right there. Am I still on? We're going to do a brief, like, family check-in after this. So don't know, but you got to know, you know, don't nobody go nowhere. What's that, yeah, what's that from? Is that from the Beverly Hillbillies? See y'all, no. That was a different thing. Whatever. We're going to do a brief little check-in as a family. Praise God for how he continues to provide and bless this place and bless us as a people. Uh, so please join in. And then anything else? No? I'm really glad everybody showed up this morning. And I'm glad everybody listened on the podcast. Uh, just a reminder. Love you guys like crazy. Um, Stand if you're able to receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory
stand for the rest of the time or sit down, please. That'd be wonderful. We're going to check in as a family. As uh, This is our little annual meeting. It's not a little, but uh, it's, our, it's our annual meeting where we check in. I emailed this out to the whole congregation, and we only printed out a few copies. Hopefully, if you need one, you have one. Um, and we're going to run through this thing, and we're going to... There's a lot written in here, so if you're uh, if you're a chair of one of the committees and you say, "Hey, uh, just read it," you can wave to me. Or if you want to say hi and tell me something you love about the Lord, about what God's been up to, that'd be excellent. There'll be a microphone right here. Is that thing on, Philip? Okay, good. Amy, you're okay. You're gonna kick off the meeting like it is. And um, when you call us to order, I'm okay. ready. Okay, well, I'm going to call us to order. Do we have a, where's our clerk? We, have a we got a quorum? Okay, wonderful. Um, okay, I'm going to call us to order. And then uh, you're going to start the whole thing. And then are we going to check in? Does adult ministries want to say anything? I want to say, read this. What I, I put some time and effort into this pastor's report. And I think God's been doing some amazing stuff. But take some time and read that sometime and know that um, in certain ways God is strengthening us as a team, a staff team, and as a church that he could only do through a pandemic in which we're going through, you know? Um, okay. Okay, I'm on. Um, Jason, we need to excuse you. We're going to do things a little bit out of order so we can take the vote on the pastor's compensation package first, and they'll have time to count it before we leave. Then we'll go into twenty nine. I mean, 2020 and then the 2021 budget. But just so you have enough information to vote on the pastor's salary, um, we did close 2020 in the black, and in 2021, his salary is unchanged. So what I am presenting on behalf of this session for pastor's compensation, $69,000 for his salary package, $25,530 for his pension and major medical, and $13,500 in reimbursable expenses for a total of $108,030. When you came in, you were given a yes, no. If you could please vote um, for the pastor's compensation and um, they will be around to collect your ballots. Does anybody have any questions or discussions about pastor's salary package? Yes, sir. That's a, really, that's a really excellent question. Um, when I present the budget, we're presenting a deficit budget. Excuse me? Yes, sir, we are still in the black, but we're presenting a deficit budget. Um, that, I will take it to session. Um, but because we were presenting a deficit budget, it wasn't discussed this year. <clears throat> and if everyone didn't hear the question, pardon me, the question was, 
when the cost of living is increasing, why are we presenting a pastor's compensation package to the congregation that is unchanged? Are there any other questions or discussion? Please vote. Um, while the ballots are being counted, Nora, don't forget me. Okay. Um, 2020, um, it's fair to say that all of the wonderful financial plans that were done for the 2020 budget by the end of March became obsolete. Early in the pandemic, Session agreed that it was a high, high priority for us to keep all of our staff employed, and we did so for the entirety of 2020. Uh, to help with maintaining salaries, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant applied for and was given a $46,000 loan under the Paycheck Protection Program from the federal government. Because this is considered a loan on our financials, you will not see it in the financials uh, that you have in front of you. Um, it did not go to our income statement because it is not income at this point. It is a loan. This year in 2021, we will be applying for loan forgiveness, and that loan forgiveness is expected to be granted. If this loan is indeed forgiven this year, then we will show the $46,000 as income in the 2021 financials. So looking at the 2020 financials, we received $476,000 in income thanks to the faithfulness and generosity of this congregation. The income for 2020 was 11% lower than we had budgeted because of the pandemic but only 2%, 2.6% lower than 2019. Because of the pandemic, Session voted to keep spending as a minimum last year, in large part due to the uncertainty. Spending for 2020 was 452,000, almost 16% lower than budget. Well done, good and faithful servants. We closed the year in the black 2020 by almost $24,000. Looking ahead to this year, Session realizes that we are still living with a great deal of uncertainty. Because it is not an absolute, Session did not include the $46,000 from the Paycheck Protection Program, although we do expect this loan to be forgiven. We have budgeted for $442,000, which is a 7% decrease over 2020, and that's largely due to declines in parking lot revenue and space rentals. Congregational giving is expected to be 3% higher than 2020. I shouldn't say expected, I should say projected. Expenses are budgeted at $457,000, which is a 1% increase over 2020. 
Expense decreases are being actively negotiated lar for large contracts, specifically for the building upkeep. Our beloved pianist, Micah, has been furloughed for six months. It began in January of 2021, or until we are able to safely gather again in the sanctuary. A major change in the 2021 budget for expenses was the addition of a quarter-time pastoral position for congregational care. This is considered a temporary position and will be reconsidered annually by session for renewal. As such, PCC did not need to engage in a formal call process. Session has placed Reverend Sharon Yeager-Lenner in this position for 2021. Although budgeted expenses are only 1% higher than 2020, because of the 7% reduction of income planned, primarily again due to the reduced facility rental income, Session has prayerfully accepted a $14,700 deficit budget. Once more, we did not include the 46,000 from the Paycheck Protection Program that we do expect to be forgiven. And we do expect, even though we have accepted a deficit budget, that we will close in the black for 2021. May I answer any questions? Judy. So J J Judy was the um, architect of the of the uh, the loan and and is working on the forgiveness as soon as they'll accept our forgiveness. Judy, we are indebted greatly to you. Thank you. Uh, she wanted to point out that because the forty six thousand dollars was a loan to make sure that we could keep our staff employed and paid in 2020, the money has been set aside. It has not been touched in the event that forgiveness is not granted, the cash is readily there and available to be returned to the government. Again, it is extremely likely that we will be granted forgiveness. There is a question that came on the balloting. After reading everything, why does it say zero for Jason's medical? Um, that's a great question. Let me grab my financials. Let me just look at the financials and see what the question is. Oh, I don't know where he went to invite him back in. <laughs> um, so what the question is, is referring to is 2020 actual under medical benefits, there is a zero. 
And in looking at the numbers, I it looks like it was probably included up under pension and retirement if I look at the year-over-year -year numbers. Do you know, Judy, off the top of your head? Okay. Um, but if, if whoever asked that question, if you would like greater clarity, I'm happy to look into it in more uh, details. But that does not mean that he wasn't given any medical benefits in 2020. Um, his benefits are paid to the same uh, entity that his pension is paid to. So my guess is that we just lumped it all under one. Are there any other questions? Okay, what's my next step, Marcia? Would you like to close us? The financial report is concluded. Oh, I am reporting that the vote for pastor's compensation was unanimous. I, that's briefer than I thought it was going to be, man. I thought that like, we don't we usually say, hey, at least from all the other committees. But I just want to let everybody know um, I'm working with the best team I've ever even heard of. I, I love the session, um, both the one I was handed and the one I'm working with now. Top notch folk with faithfulness to God is all of their highest priorities. And then just, uh, Philip, I can't even, Im I can't imagine doing this without that guy. And then Sharon and Amy. <laughs> and I I'm, I'm Danny or, or, or the voice. I can't imagine doing it without him. And Cornell has been working behind the scenes and um, know that if you're in the youth, and the youth and the children, I always forgot, but they're phenomenal. They're, we're, we're leaning into this thing and growing in depth and in numbers. And I, I, we, there's two factors. I think it's the team, but more importantly, it's God. The Holy Spirit is up to something. And he's knocked us off of our rocker and a lot of times that's a great thing because that's that's when we start to really see our blind spots and God gets to work on them. Um, I would love to close before I pray. If you're able to stand out here and even if you're in your in your car, I don't know, put your hands on the roof or something like that. And we're going to sing the doxology over the year. And the doxology is doxa. Praise, uh, a word of praise, a word of thanks, Logia. A word of thanks to God, right? I'll leave, I'll start us, but then turn my mic off, <laughs> okay? Because uh, you know I've, that's not my gift. Okay, everybody ready? Praise God.
Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Holy Spirit, continue to dwell here. And I'm not even necessarily talking about this space, but amongst your people in this place. Thank you for teaching us the lesson over and over that we are the church. Thank you for this beautiful facility and we long for the day where we can go back inside. But thank you for sustaining us, for growing in us a new desire to love you in new ways. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Blessings. Oh, we need a vote to adjourn. All so moved. Second, that's the fastest anything's ever happened in a Presbyterian church, <laughs> right there. It's been motioned and seconded. All those in favor? If you're here, say aye. If you got a horn, honk it. <laughs> Woohoo! Motion adjourned. Uh, we're adjourned. What time is it? It's 11:25.